Eat, drink, smoke, everybody. I'm Tony Katz, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy. We eat the fine food, we drink the fine bourbon, and we smoke the fine cigars. And it's it, we're getting more and more opportunities to, to kind of like take the show on the road, and people are are finding out about the podcast, and and, and they're subscribing on iTunes, and it, it's it's been great. And we do have a winner to announce today, so so make sure you listen to the entirety of the podcast to get the winner of a fantastic prize package. Uh, but we had uh, some reach out from uh, the people at Hotel Tango uh, Artisan Distillery. Now Hotel Tango is here in Indianapolis, but they sell uh, the the nation over veteran owned. And really was the distillery for for central Indiana, maybe the whole of Indiana, uh, kind of putting distilling on the map. There's been a tremendous amount of craft brewery, uh, of craft beer going on out there. And and Indiana's been really great at it. Uh, The people at Three Floyds, uh, the people at Sun King uh, have merely made a a name here. Well, distilling is really starting to come into its own. and And it's these guys at Hotel Tango that, that kind of made it happen. So when they said, hey, we'd like for you to come out and do the podcast, you know, at, at, at the distillery, we were like, uh, okay, because, you know, there's going to be bourbon involved. So we got the whole gang here with, with Fingers Malloy and April D. Gregory. And Eric Stauffer is here. That's S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R because he spelled it wrong earlier. I had to correct him. <laughs> uh, head distiller, master distiller. Uh, here at, at Hotel Tango, and we're about to try some fantastic. You've got the whole thing here. Now, when got we the talk whole about, yeah, so the whole lineup isn't just bourbon because that mostly we review bourbons, we review rice, but when when we talk about distilling, you guys are doing you're, you're doing the whole gamut, right? Yes, we do. Into the mic, so we do a um, we do a vodka and a gin along with our uh, two expressions of whiskey. We have a series of liqueurs we produce as well as uh, well as rum. So. And rum. And rum. So, uh, by the way, HotelTangoWhiskey.com is, is where you go when you want to find them uh, online. And we're going to get with Travis and talk uh, a little bit later about uh, being veteran-owned and, and why that matters and how that kind of comes into play. Uh, but we always start with the bourbon. That's what we start with, Eric. That is our tradition. As, as Fingers Malloy says, it's tradition or death. And so we don't want that's, – that's what you say, right? I have a commemorative plate that I sell with that exact phrase. So you, we, we're going to start with the bourbon. So we're going to let you pour. Uh, the, the, you, you want to start with just the, 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 the whiskey there? Or we start with the Bravo Let's bourbon. go ahead and start with the whiskey. And okay. I'll talk a so, bit about so that. So I, I talk about tradition. And he's like, eh. Um, so, so we're starting with the Hotel Tango whiskey. Now, when we talk about bourbon, I, I've, I check, I talk to people, and I always say the same things. You know, to be bourbon, you have to be in an American charred oak barrel, first use. Right. You have to be 51 percent corn. Right. And you are not allowed to um, mess with it uh, except to add water to lower the proof. That's the only thing you're allowed to do. Those are the qualifications for bourbon. That is absolutely correct. Hot damn. I'm a master distiller. (laughs) 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 Told you, mom. I'm a somebody. Yeah. Your other son's a doctor, but I know about bourbon. Um, So. You've got two different kinds here, right? You've you've got what you call your Bravo bourbon, and then the the label says whiskey. Am I somehow thinking it differently that whiskey is different than bourbon? Um, whiskey is what it was the the most common of of um, of brown aged spirits. There are not nearly the um, regulation involved with creating what we call whiskey. This whiskey is actually a blend of two products we make. We make a, a really so, a, so a, in tradition a blended, literally a blended. Yes, but it, it is blends of two different grain bills, which are technically bourbons. So okay. our whiskey label product is a blend of a rye heavy bourbon and a blend of a, a wheat heavy bourbon. 
So you uh, should know right now, April D. Gregory, not so much a fan of the rise. Uh, it, ha- it has made her do things in her tummy. <laughs> it has been. I can imagine that. It, it has been absolutely not okay with her. So, so talk to me uh, about this. And, and, and as you pass it out, um, I know we're doing it. We're doing it uh, neat. Um, and got right? us almost yeah. in like a, like a champagne flute going on. Um, talk to me about the the two different bourbons that you've put together here. Yeah, so what we do is we have a bourbon that is approximately 21% rye. We also have a bourbon that is about 24% wheat. We blend those uh, about a ratio of 70% of the heavy rye product and about 30% of the weeded bourbon. And as you know, rye lends a very spicy character to the spirit, whereas wheat kind of gives you a more mellow, soft, almost a, uh, uh, a bready or biscuity characteristic to the product. So um, we think by this blend, it gives us a kind of a nice middle point, and we sell it it's right at 24 months in the barrel. But you, so when you serve this, right, when you talk about uh, being a a middle point, very often when we're we're talking about bourbons, people will talk about a a level of sweetness uh, that comes out. Look at you doing it like you're doing wine. I mean, you took your nose right to it. You didn't even, you didn't even waste like, like, so are are we looking for things like sometimes caramel on the nose? Sometimes we hear a lot about raisin, that kind of sweetness that comes out in in a bourbon. How would you describe your your whiskey, which is a think, blend of two? Yeah, I mean, clearly you get the kind of spicy, bright notes that the rye uh, rye lends to it. Yeah, because because uh, 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 there are ryes that can punch you directly in the throat. Yeah, ask I, April. Ask are you going to be all right, April? You're, you're, are you, too much rye. She just did the Kentucky I Chew. Kentucky Chew. <laughs> Do you Kentucky Chew? Help me out with the Kentucky Chew. See, I'm telling What's you, the Kentucky it's chew? total nonsense. You made it up, April. Is that we where you go? knew you made it up from beginning to end. You swish it. I did not make this up. You totally made that I up. I get it. I kind of like, uh, I Kentucky Chew and get all around right. all the, the taste buds oh, in your mouth. Oh, don't start saying the term like you. Just to I'm going to use April. that. No. That's... That's that's, that's gotta she get a Kentucky goes. chew. She also Kentucky calls chew. Reese's peanut butter cups Reese's. So yeah, that's true. That's true. She doesn't this know. Is good. So like so so you, wait. So you're 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 okay with it, April? I'm okay with this. Yeah, and this because, is good. So usually when you try a bourbon, you do something like like a dog getting out of a shower. It's <laughs> <laughs> usually what you give us. So, but why? Not not just because you like Eric. Don't listen. Don't sugarcoat. If it's bad, you got to tell him directly to his face. No. Please do. You gotta you gotta you gotta this man is up. Good. What I is it that you're enjoying? How how is it, it didn't burn my mouth off. No? No. Okay. So I haven't tried it yet, Eric. So I'm, so, I'm about to. No, I, yeah. So that's we put this. I, that's my. Uh, yeah, this goes into the barrel right at about 124 proof. Uh, then we proof it down to 45, 90 proof, 45%. Uh, for bottling. So would that be considered a little bit less than some other bourbons out there? Compare it to a Blanton's. Compare it to... Um, Blanton's 46. I, uh, so that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. So, so if, I it's think in, it's right it's about the that, midpoint. In that I world? think what we've seen is this general tr- trend away Ooh. from... The regs do state that you have to bottle it at at least 80 proof. Um, what we found mm-hmm. is if you go much higher than 45, it can create a little bit of heat. And we wanted this to be able, you know, to, be able to taste it neat or with an ice cube or in a cocktail. Okay. And I think we've, we've done pretty well with that. So here's where the, the cube conversation gets fascinating. Um, we have, uh, the, the three of us, in, in trying these, these different bourbons, uh, uh, have come to the conclusion that a cube is necessary. We have differences on whether you need a big rock or whether you just need an ice chip just to kind of give it a chill and, and let it open up. But this, because we're, we're not in, in, in the shop, right? You guys have a, a full retail shop. We're in the actual distillery. Everything is brick and, and concrete. 
it's cooler in the room, and the actual bourbon it's has cooler. a chill right. to it. So I don't need, and I, that was the first thing I noticed, I don't need a cube because it's already there. So is, is there a conversation to what, how this should be stored in, in someone's home? Well, no, I don't think so. I think when, it, when you serve it a little bit chilled, what that does is it, it prevents all that alcohol from flashing up right into your face. Um, and I think also a little bit of water might open it a bit so you can get more of those caramel and vanilla notes that are a result of the barrel aging. So this is the blended. This what, is a blend, yes. So, so what happens when we, when we make the change from this to what you call your, your, your Bravo, Bravo bourbon. bourbon. So the and then bar- you have something that doesn't even have a, a, a label. Yeah, we'll be talking. <laughs> he hands me a bottle that does not have at all a label on it. I mean, it might as well just say XX. You know, this is the kind of stuff that, that Tom would try and feed Jerry in the old school uh, cartoon. Snuffy which, Smith. How cartoon, much did yeah. I just date myself with the Tom and Jerry <laughs> cartoon? I thought you were going right to go with there. the St. Bernard with the barrel around. <laughs> oh, you totally could. You totally could, Fingers. Um, what, the, what the hell stout-esque kind of thing am I holding? So uh, what we're doing is we are kind of expanding our line of liqueurs. That is actually a cherry liqueur. It is made from made from Montmorency cherries and blended with uh, our whiskey and some uh, water to proof it down. Okay, so we're gonna get to that later because uh, April, you guys make uh, this is Hotel uh, Tango whiskey here, uh, Hotel Tango uh, Artisan Distillery, by the way, and you can find them online, hoteltangowhiskey.com. Uh, they're the ones who are uh, giving us this this tasting and this learning lesson uh, today. We're gonna get to the limoncello uh, in 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 a moment. We're gonna get to the second round of bourbon in just a little bit, but first we gotta get to the podcast. That's Eric Stauffer right there. Uh, you 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 could you could step out for a minute. You could stay right there. We're I'll gonna stay track right here. It. Yeah. Just Say, hang. You know, April's going to swing the uh, swing everything uh, back around her uh, because I read uh, that Lou Ferrigno is in the hospital. Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk, and if there's a there's a movie all about uh, the contest and the competition between Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger when they were both in bodybuilding. It's just, it's really it's fascinating if if you ever get to see it. Well, Lou Ferrigno is in the hospital. Lou Ferrigno is in the hospital uh, because a pneumonia vaccine went wrong. And anytime something like this happens, all of a sudden you're going to get everybody out of the woodwork about how, uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is why I don't vaccinate, or no, no, it's ridiculous, you still have to vaccinate. And then there's a whole thing with the flu shot. 40% of Americans don't get the flu shot. I'm raising my hand. I am absolutely... Are you one of them? Yeah. April? I didn't know that, Fingers. I got my flu shot. Ah, well, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't buy into the idea that the flu shot is actually going to help me. I do accept the idea of vaccines, but I will tell you, I mean, people will talk uh, um, in a million ways about vaccines, right? And there was the whole conversation about vaccines and autism, and I, I don't think the science uh, provides for that at all. I think the science does not uh, make that theory real. But I, I, I have kids. And when we went through the the conversation of vaccination, what we said is, listen, we're going to get them vaccinated, but we're sure as hell not using the system that the government says is the system you should use. Because they're like, ah, three vaccines at once. We're like, whoa, how about a little bit of overload there? So when we uh, spoke with our doctor about it, we said, hey, um, we'd like to spread this out. And our doctor's like, cool. So we did it one at a time. And then we did it over, over a longer period of time, mm-hmm. right? So, so I, I find us to be in this in minority of people because either it's you're doing the vaccines 
or you're not. We we just changed how we 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 did them, but you know that the whole the whole system is people are about to go nuts over this Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. story about talking about vaccines. I was going to give you the exact numbers on that. Um, you ha- you have numbers? I have numbers. So you are so crunchy. I am. You really are granola. It's I it's am. unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, what you were saying, the de- you know delaying and doing them uh, one at a time. In 1980, there were children in 1980 got three vaccines. DTP, which is right, diphtheria. Diphtheria, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, and then polio and MMR, measles, mumps, rubella. Measles, mumps. Why are you saying rubella. it so quickly? Like, like not everyone's an expert. So okay, MMR is I measles, mumps, rubella. rubella. Okay. Right? So now kids by the age of six get 49 doses of 14 vaccines as opposed to just three vaccines. Yeah, it seems like a lot. In 1980. So, seems- to your point, like it's just kind of a different thing and maybe well, consider doing it a little slower. So I, I, don't, I, I don't pretend to be a medical professional, although sometimes I do like to play doctor. Um, uh, what I would say is that I am not denying that the vaccines help. I am saying that I think the idea of overloading a literally infant's or baby system is, is, is messed up. And I don't think that parents should be like, well, that's what we have to do. The hell that's what you have to do. I think you're allowed to change systems. But is there any doubt that we're about to hear people talking about, oh, this is why you shouldn't be vaccinated? A, a, this is a, a pneumonia vaccine. By the way, there's a vaccine for pneumonia? Oh, yeah. And it's recommended for older people to get it. You can get, two, really? you get two in your lifetime and they recommend the elderly get it. So the thing with Were Lou- Were you an extra on St. Elsewhere? How do you know these things? I am a medical assistant. I worked Elsewhere in- people. I used to do vaccines. Okay. So I- in It was Howie practice. Mandel in St. Elsewhere, um, Fingers Malloy. It was a good show. So the, the particular case with Lou, right? Kind of a Hulk, he apparently has fluid on his bicep, which, uh, and a, uh, the pneumovax, which is the- the name of the uh, pneumococcal vaccine that is a usually im uh, intermuscular injection uh it could be a sub q subcutaneous just right into the skin but so that injection is supposed to go in your delt and for him they would make a longer they would use a little bit longer needle because he's a big dude right right so it's supposed he's to still go, a big dude I, I wore a short sleeve shirt so I could demonstrate to you where this shot should have gone. So if him. you're on Tony Katz Radio on Facebook, you can actually see you can April see this right now. giving a literal so demonstration shot, on her bare arm. You go, here's your bone. This, you this go, show will never be seen in Syria. Right here, you make a V, and right there is where his shot should have gone. If he has fluid on his bicep, your bicep's down here, right? So right. did this person put the shot? <laughs> down here in his eyes up well gosh of, I, that I was his not. problem it was i don't think his problem was the contents of the vaccine i uh, think it was administered wrong according so you to don't the think, article but, but it, that part won't matter right that people are gonna say ah, oh, the, the vaccine it's 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 a problem and 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 anti-vaccine jenny mccarthy what do you have to say because jenny mccarthy you know she's she's the one who did all this she started talking about how you shouldn't vaccinate your kids, and everyone's like, oh, Jenny McCarthy's right. And then other people said, wait a second, we're really taking medical advice from Jenny McCarthy? Well, I don't think thinking it for yourself is a bad idea in any situation, especially when it's the CDC. They took medical the advice from the you, former Playboy model, no, Jennifer McCarthy. No, you don't take medical advice from anybody else. Did. This you is my just point. stop and question and then talk to your doctor and say, hey, the, the Pneumovax vaccine in particular contains phenol, which is derived from petroleum so this is cor- a corrosive chemical if it were on your skin you would yes, get second so or, is coke you would get second or three not de- cocaine if, coca-cola if phenol were on your skin you would get second to third degree burns 
So what's it doing inside your body? Uh, hopefully killing bad things. Okay. This is what I hope for. Now, now fingers, uh, you're part of uh, the crowd uh, that, that likes uh, vaccines or doesn't like vaccines. I don't know. You've been outrageously silent. Or is, is there something here that you don't you want to It's because I keep talking. I was trying to give you the, like, the, the technical No, 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 no. I mean, that's, that, that's fine. But like, the fingers usually chimes in and he's being very silent. So I don't, I don't know if he's worried or, or if he's just worried well, for the whole thing. He was just waiting for me to finish talking. I, I feel foolish because I get all of my medical information from Jenna Jameson. Ah. So you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah, and she she uh, informs us that you need to ward off all of these illnesses with a mixture of lemony pledge and crystal Pepsi. Stop. So first, wrong playmate. First, yeah, oh, uh, first of all, Jenna Jameson, if, if, if you're watching, <laughs> I'm 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 a huge fan. It's jokes. Her, her on kidding. Twitter is spectacular. Yeah. Jenna Jameson on Twitter. What is you Jenna follow Jameson, her the porn on Twitter? Star. Oh my gosh, Jenna Jameson. Your wife lets you do that. What does what? that even mean? <laughs> my wife lets me do that. Oh. By, by the way, April's available. Because um, that's the way. Why, just put that in your Match.com profile. I might let you <laughs> must, do things. That's not must the way not it follow works. porn stars on Twitter. What are you talking about? <laughs> that, oh, I'll get into that another time. No, Jenna Jameson um, politically is, is uh, on the political right. And people are like, well, well, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't happen. And she'll be like retweeting like Ben Shapiro or someone like that. And people scream at her. And she just goes to town. And I think she has a whole religious epiphany. And she, I think she converted, she converted to Judaism. And, and there's a whole like amazing story with Jenna Jameson. It's spectacular for sure. But you should expect to hear a whole vaccine conversation coming up in your life. Because it's going to come up. Because of Lou Ferrigno. And, and Lou, listen, uh, stay, stay strong. Stay and, green. And, and just remember, uh, uh, OG Hulk. That's, you're our guy right there. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy here at Hotel Whiskey Tango. I always say it wrong. It's Hotel Tango Whiskey. Always get that wrong. Hotel Tango Artisan Distillery, hoteltangowhiskey.com are hosts for this episode, and they're walking us through bourbons. So they're here in Indianapolis, but they sell all across the country. They actually sell all around the globe because they're, they're veteran-owned, and they're in PXs. Everywhere. It's kind of amazing how that whole system works, and we're going we're gonna to get into it uh, uh, with the owner. But we're here with the, uh, the master uh, distiller, Eric Stauffer, uh, and we're going through bourbon. And so the first one was that, was that blend, which you just call Hotel Tango whiskey. whiskey. This you call your Bravo This is our bourbon. Bravo bourbon, yes. And that's got a little more punch to it than did the, uh, what I would call the, the, the blended whiskey, even though you, you, sir, because you're the expert, just call it. Whiskey. Uh, talk to me about the, the differences here. What am I? I mean, we're still in the same rules. Fifty-one percent corn, sure. American charred oak barrel. So this uh, this product is six years in the barrel, six years old. Um, the grain bill is. I hope I get this right. Sixty-eight percent corn, twenty wheat, and the balance in barley. So it it tends to have a an overall softer mouthfeel than something like a high rye would be. Um, this is slightly different in that it was put in the barrel at about 112 proof, where the standard would be 125. It's a little more expensive, but um, generally speaking, water and alcohol don't have a lot of taste. So by putting it into the barrel at a slightly lower proof, uh, we were looking to do have a, a bourbon that it has a kind of a stronger, more, more pronounced flavor profile. So uh, first, I mean, just in, in the comparisons, th- there is... There is more hit on the nose. I, I would argue a more alcohol 
on the nose. Tell me I'm wrong and I'm listening. You're wrong. So okay. they, they are, <laughs> they're both bottled at 40. <laughs> they're both barreled at 45%. But I do think, I mean, it is, it's more, there's just more umph. It's more pronounced okay. flavor profile. So that's not alcohol. I'm so smelling. I guess you're not wrong. Um, then what, then, then, because it's, it's different. I mean, there's, there's just no. I think what you get, I mean, that we're talking about. The, the, the whiskey is a much, much sweeter, and there are more flavors to, uh, to pick up on the nose. I mean, some people would argue that um, corn sort of acts as the engine of a bourbon. It's what carries the flavor, and over time, that sweetness profile tends to diminish, and a lot of those other secondary flavor components start to shine through. So that's very likely what you're hearing with or All tasting right, so, with this six-year So, product. Fingers, you've been, you've, been, you've been down in it with a crazy straw. Where, where are you on this? Well, I haven't had uh, uh, this one yet. I haven't tasted the bur- the, the whiskey was f- fantastic. I, you know, we talked about it off the air. It was like uh, it's very smooth in the mouth, but it gives you a little bit of a burn going in the esophagus, and that's what I like. It hits you there. You yeah. Guys- so, so this bourbon is going to hit you on the tongue. It hit me on the tongue much more than it hit me on the throat. Like, like really, kind of front of the palate. Type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, very, very much. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but is it, is it, is it, you know, you talk about the, the percentage of corn to everything else. Is, is it that it, or is there the, is it the type of barrel? I mean, cause they're all, the, they're all these American uh, first used charred oak, but will different barrels give you somehow different? Yeah, yeah certainly. And you know, I think there's different barrel, barrel manufacturers that can do different treatments to the barrel. We use like a, um, a standard number three char um, from one of two barrel providers. There are smaller barrel producers that will actually, um, they will route grooves to try to little, get a little more uh, barrel contact uh, with the spirit, try to do some quicker aging. Can you do that? Well, uh, oh, wait, 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 I'm not wait, wait, sure. Wait. Are, we into, are we into things that people do? To- this is aging <laughs> philosophy. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure that bar fights have been started over less. So I think what you get is with this craft movement, you've got a lot of young distiller distilleries that want to try to get an aged product out to market. And you know, what they're finding out is there a reason that people have been aging in 53 gallon oak barrels for centuries. I think when you do a smaller barrel and we even tried to do some 30 gallons early on, when you get a smaller barrel, you get too much contribution from the wood. I mean, I've had some, uh, some bourbons that, when you smell it, when you taste it, it is like getting stuck in the tongue with a toothpick. It's so is just, this from a 30-gallon barrel? This is from 53. Yeah. These, so, this, so these so are both from The 53. larger barrel, give, meaning that you're, you're not as concentrated. That's correct. There's more so liquid the, in there, so what it's taking in dilutes a little bit more. That is absolutely correct. So, okay. you, you know, with things like grooved barrels, try to get more contact with the wood, it doesn't taste like what I think a bourbon should taste like. Sorry about that, fingers. I didn't mean to slam the, the glass down on the microphone there. <laughs> That's all right. I am I am with fingers that the whiskey is a much easier thing mm. to do, the Hotel Tango whiskey, than the Bravo bourbon. But however, uh, it could be it could be possibly that neither one of us are you know actual men. There's that. <laughs> uh, but th- this reminds me of uh, Dennis Leary when he would say when the old man is at the the bar and he gives a whiskey face. But when he's talking about that, it's like a cheap. You know, something that, that really burns and is awful. This, when you drink it, for me anyway, it brings up the upper lip. It opens the mouth, uh, the nose up a little bit, but in a good way. It's, it's got a little, it, it's, it's punching me in the face, but in a good way. It's, I, it, I, it, it, I don't know. I don't. Go ahead, April, please. Oh, I, I was just going to say, this is, I added a, a 
touch of water to it because I learned that's a thing a you can do. A touch. A it touch a of water. <laughs> you guys. You might as well be taking a bath. This is top two my favorite bourbons. Really? Yeah. Top See, two. But compared to the done. whiskey, I'm... Listen, I know who I am. Whiskey was good too. I'm a sipper. I'm not a drinker. I've always known this about myself. This could use a cube. I would agree. I think if you add a little bit of just a little bit of water, it opens it up, and you start to get kind of these orange peel and citrus notes. How does that happen? How does citrus come from the barrel? I think it all has to do with with flavor components, esters. So um, during the distillation and fermentation, you know, yeast consumes the, the sugars and creates carbon dioxide, ethanol, and about 1,500 other flavor components. Um, and then there's process during the actual distillation where you can change some, some acids into esters. and the, that, right, you just it, got, that just yeah. got... Wow. But, the other thing, too, about this is it, it's kind of like, you know, we had the first whiskey. Right. We moved to the bourbon. The first initial sip you have, it's kind of like when you uh, dip your foot into a cold pool the difference between the two, it's like, oh, that shot. Once I had my second sip. Well, now you're okay? Oh, it, it well, doesn't I will, hit you like the, the first sip did. And it, it, it doesn't feel like there's a huge contrast in the strength of the punch between the whiskey and the bourbon. I also it, added water to mine. It did, did, it did open it up. I mean, it, it, did, it did make it easier. But I, I also accept the fact that, that it could be me. What's the matter, April? You no, know? I was just going to say, I agree. A lot of times we find that the second sip, right. mm-hmm. it becomes even more enjoyable the first sip is like oh okay so is that so can we can we apply two, that to three, dating four. like people should do a second date if, if the first date was just a, a a little too much of a punch in the face try a second one it might no it might, things might be better no so so it applies to bourbon but not your love life yes is basically uh, what we're out to here uh, listen eric this uh i, I have many many more questions i, I do uh, and we're going to get to them. This is Hotel Tango uh, Artisan Distillery. They know what they're talking about here. HotelTangoWhiskey.com uh, is where you can go. Can you order from the site? Can I go to the site and order? Uh, or, or just find out where I can get it? Soon. We will be have. Oh, really? Yes. So, so, this, so this is coming. So we didn't have it for this Christmas season. But for the next Christmas season, you're going to be able to buy all your gifts from Hotel Tango. That's what we're hoping everyone does. Yeah, That's absolutely. That, clearly, clearly the plan and, and the vodkas and the, and the rums and the, and, the, and the everything else. Your marketing uh, partner there, Alex, is, is over your shoulder, Eric. She wants to. She wants, go ahead, Alex. Just scream okay, it. Just okay. scream it. So, or you can visit HotelTangoWhiskey.com. We have a tab on our website that says Spirits. And so you can find who the wholesaler is and who the retailers ah, are as well. So Hotel Tango Whiskey, uh, look for Spirits. And then, boom, you'll be able to and find it. I think Travis it. was going to cover that, too. When oh, he, is when he, oh, oh Travis is going to do that? Yeah. The, the owner here? Good on. Can I ask one question? You can ask. You, thank yeah, you. you can thank ask you. Thank question. you so much. No, it's it's a it's a podcast about bourbon, but no, <laughs> you may ask nothing. Have you thought about coming up with a scotch? Well, absolutely. I'm a huge single malt fan. You'll notice that we have bags of barley over there. So I did in, not notice. That. Yeah, in 2019, we are going to start a uh, American single malt program, which will be um, our grist bill. We're still working on it. Will be the majority of two row barley. We're going to do some crystal malts and we're going to do a special b look for a, a grain bill that that helps to differentiate us amongst the other um single malt producers but yes that is in the 2019 the plan. crystal malts are, are are that's the I, I always thought that that was like well a bit of sweetness that, that yeah it is so what Doesn't happens Lefroy is do a, a, a crystal well uh, I mean, Lefroy will do uh, i doubt they do a crystal but they Lefroy is a an isla product so okay. from the, so the, the island of isla so typically known for Big, peaty, in-your-face, mm-hmm. cast-strength spirits. 
And so we will definitely look into do a, a peated American single malt. And also, a, a, so peated would be when they go to dry the grain, heat to stop the, the germination process, they would do it over a, a peat um, a peat fire. So a fire that's fueled by peat bricks. Do you know of a popular scotch that uses that kind of, of method? I think uh, most traditionally, all of them from uh, the Isla do. So uh, Lefroig, Bunahaven, Brooklotti, uh, Bowmore, Ardbeg, right. Kilhoman. Now, I, I will, uh, when it comes to scotch, I am absolutely a Highlands guy because it's, it's, if there's a drink involved, the, the, the peat and the moss, if I want that, I'm doing a cigar. And they, Fair I enough, can't yeah. Ha- I can't have the compete, competing ash going on between the cigar Sir, and, I and, can, and absolutely, the scotch. So Highland's going to be known more for, I would say, a bourbon-like quality. Correct. So lots of caramel, lots of sweetness. I think the, the best known would be Glenmorangie or McCollin. Or mm-hmm. uh, and we reviewed products. the McCollin uh, Rare Cask, uh, which oh, that was would have been nice. just spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. We did that. Eric, Eric Stauffer, uh, Hotel Tango, I appreciate you. Uh, Thank you very we're much. We're going to get into uh, more of what you guys got going on in just a little bit. But this story about Jessica Starr is awful. And I don't even know how it's possible. Like, I don't know how it's possible. She's a, a meteorologist uh, at, a, at a local Fox affiliate in Detroit. And she had LASIK surgery. Right? It's the thing on the eyes. I've, I've, I, you know, people have it all the time. And they're like, it's great. And it's wonderful. It's terrific. Uh, and then she killed herself. It's in, it, so the, the story is that somehow the surgery itself got botched. She was healing slowly. She was in pain. She has a five-year-old and a three-year-old she leaves behind. And she, she hung herself. Now, first things first. If, if you don't know this uh, about me, um, I spent my 20s uh, depressed. I was suicidal. Um, it, was, it was an awful, awful time. Uh, the suicide prevention hotline, by the way, is 800-273-8255. Anytime I have these conversations, I, I like to give it out. I never called because I actually didn't know uh, about it at the, at the time. Um, but it, it, it's, it's awful uh, to, to feel that way, to the depression and, and, and those thoughts, uh, you know, whole conversations I would have with myself of how do I do it so my wife doesn't walk in on the body? I mean, that's a, yes. that's a crazy thing to say to yourself uh, and to do it for a while, uh, a, 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 as I did. Uh, but this is somehow the, the uh, at least as the story goes, the LASIK caused her pain and then the pain led to this. I, I have a hard time understanding that. Although, you know, people who live with chronic pain, I mean, who, who wants that? But there's another story of a guy who's had the LASIK 20 years ago. And he finally, he, he left a note and he, and he killed himself. And he said, I just, I couldn't do it any longer. I just couldn't live like this any longer. Sorry if you think I'm weak. And I, it's, it's insane. But LASIK surgery? I mean, I, I don't mean to be like a full medical kind of show today. I'm talking about the vaccines earlier, but... Has anybody ever heard of anything like this? Because it's the first this has ever come up in anything I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had LASIK. You and, did? Yeah. A uh, year and a half feeling? ago. Oh, I feel great. Okay. Uh, I mean, but it went, I mean, there was no problem? It went easy? No. And so traditionally the procedure takes less than 10 minutes. You go in and um, they close your eyes and, and do some stuff, open them, and, and they're doing the laser. They're burning the laser into your eyeball. And it's, it is freaky. They give you a Valium to take off your nerves of ha- have somebody, having somebody um, do something to your eyeball. I didn't take the Valium because I had, I had a small child at home. 
Oh, I, so I, I was freaking oh, out. Anything in my eyes, I'd have to be knocked out. Yeah. Knocked cold. So it take, the procedure takes less than 10 minutes. And then you go home and you sleep for three hours and you wake up, no pain, no, you feel perfect. You can see, okay. no pain, no nothing. That's your story. So my program director had this done or something like it. And something did go wrong. And he had to, over the course of a year, get shots for it. Wow. Ask me, Fingers Malloy, where he got the shots. Ask me. I, I don't want to ask. ask. In his me. gluteus muscle? It was not in his gluteus muscle. It was in it was his eyeball? High. It was in his eyeball. Oh, He had to lovely. get shots in his eye. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm like, I had I, never heard of I that I only think of one place worse to get a shot. Um, uh, and that's borderline. I'll be honest with you. As a guy who's been circumcised, the eyeball. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's... it's. <laughs> you know, you weren't... <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Oh, she was going to ask a question, and then she backed away. No, it's, it's, it's just that, like, so things don't always go as planned. But you, can you blame LASIK for I someone looked, committing no. suicide? I looked, and, and there have been, I, I looked to see if there was a correlation between depression and um, LASIK suicide. There have been 11, she's now the 11th known case of um, alleged LASIK. Really? LASIK um, suicide. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about, she has, like you said, she has a five-year-old and three-year-old. And one of the things that, one of the things that is just now coming to light more and being talked about more is postpartum depression and how it affects really more women than not. And that's just a thing that we're learning about and talking as, as the depression and suicide conversation comes more. She's a three-year-old. So, so. Uh, if she, I'm not saying the postpartum isn't real for, for, for some women, not, not, not all women and certainly to different degrees and different people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but e- even after three years, yeah, for myself personally, I was still struggling with PPA and PPD, postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, until I finally was like, I got to get medicine for this. And that it was over two years before I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. Really? Yeah. It, it, it lasted right that long. Are you, are you medicated right now? Are you now? serious right now? I'm asking what? She's well, had I'm, two. I'm medicated right she's now. I've had, had a bourbon whiskeys. and a whiskey. Uh, it's okay. So, so the, answer, the answer is yes. Uh, no, so no I, I know that. But those correlations between um, did the, did those the, 11 correlations mentioned a, a cases of major psychiatric disorders. So she might wait, have wait, something are you else. Are telling me that the 11 cases where people had LASIK and then committed suicide all had some they connection had to postpartum? Un- no, I'm or, saying they... Uh, or, or, oh, to no. a psychiatric issue. Yes, depression or whatever. So oh, there really? is correlation between... In those cases, there is correlation for some of them between the two. No kidding. Because... Go ahead, fingers. Well, I, uh, there is this... Need to jump to conclusions whenever something like this happens without all, all the facts coming in. Right. We don't know. She she returned to work for one day, mm-hmm. and then later on, I believe she posted on social media that it was too much. She wasn't ready. We don't know. There there could be a number of issues at play that brought her to this point. She could have had right. depression to begin the good with. Head, the headline was. Lace that caused suicide. So that's the catchy headline. But right, even right. the article didn't even have in-depth information for us to know. Any level of connection. You know, Tony, you've been in radio for a long time. Um, in the media, it, it can be a filthy business, cutthroat. You don't know if someone at the station said, oh, 
you reported back to work for one day and then you're leaving again. Okay, hopefully your job will be open when it gets back. Because we it don't was, know it any was a few weeks before she even after her LASIK. It was a f- three or four weeks before she even went back to work. There mm. are several things that could be at play here. Right. So uh, you yeah, know, like you know. said, that makes the headline sexy by mm-hmm. saying, "Oh wow, it w- LASIK it makes surgery." The exactly, it's clickbait. So, so you don't. You want to see more evidence of connection. Absolutely. There, look, There's she may have that. been depressed for a long time. She may be have no, been no, suffering depression disagree. for years. And then uh, she has this surgery. She's not sure her eyes are going to come back to normal. And then all of a sudden, maybe her career somehow may be affected by this. I mean, Detroit is a big market. You know that, Tony. Yeah, sure. Um, if they're threatening, say, hey, geez, you know, you, we need you back here. It, this is uh, LASIK surgery. It, it shouldn't take this long to recover. We need you back. Maybe there were a number of issues that pushed her to this point, but, you know, you're, the guy that you're talking about at the station, it's not the first story I've heard about LASIK surgery gone wrong. You know, we've brought up Kathy Griffin in the past, and it's not, you know, she's not exactly a favorite of a lot of your listeners, but... Does that explain why she's freaking nuts? it could be. Look, she she had a botched LASIK surgery. Kathy Griffin had a botched LASIK? Yes. How would you even know that? These things happen. Did she really? Well, as everyone knows, I am a Kathy Griffin biographer. That's not true. But no, I, I, These are not facts. I, I, no, I did see an interview where, where she talked about how it took a long time. And I'm not sure if she's fully recovered years later from the, her, her eyes have not come back to normal. So these, there are stories out there about wow, basic not, surgeries. Okay. And that's amazing because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. I mean, not everything works out well. I knew well, one case didn't work out uh, well. Uh, certainly when you hear about, you know, uh, suicide, I think you're right. I, I think that, that you can't necessarily make the connection. That April found 11 cases. I think is is pretty interesting, but that all eleven cases also had some other kind of conversation going is interesting as well. I'm curious to see what when we get more information from this, uh, what it is because I just uh, I, I found the story absolutely fascinating. And anytime, so I mean, there were, uh, 2018, there were a ridiculous amount of suicides. Yeah. Kate Spade mm-hmm. and, and Anthony Bourdain, and it was just it's. Was Robin Williams this year? No, Robin Williams was 2017 or 2016. Oh, wow. Uh, Time I, flies. I, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And by the way, that number uh, is 1-800-273-8255. The only thing I can tell you is that it gets better and it can get better. I leave the rest to you. Make the phone call. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. How are you? Good to be with you, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy and Travis Barnes. He is the Capo de Tutti Capo over here at Hotel Tango Whiskey, the artisan uh, spirits people. HotelTangoWhiskey.com are our hosts today. Invited us out to say, hey, uh, come try some bourbon. Come try some, some gin, which you guys make, some rum, which you guys make, vodka you make, and the limoncello and uh, the, the, the orange cello. Uh, which which you make which we're we're if we're saving that for the snack size people if you subscribe on iTunes to eat drink smoke you know that not only do we do uh, the podcast we have a snack size edition that we do kind of midweek and that's where we're going to be reviewing those so make sure you get over there and you check uh, those out and you subscribe on iTunes eat drink smoke uh, Travis good to be with you man good to have you with us and and thanks Thank for you. the for the invite um, you guys are all doing your your cherry liqueur. Uh, which which you've got uh, going. I've got your gin, so I, I want to get into your story because the whole, you know, veteran owned and how that has kind of played into your 
the entire dealings of how you've been able to grow and build this business have been kind of fascinating. But, but first things first, talk to me about the cherry liqueur that you guys have going on. And is this one of the things that you guys are, uh, sell? Can we find this when we, where we find your other products? So not yet. This is uh, going to be out, I think, in the spring. Um, we, we have, so uh, this is a preview? Correct. Yep. Oh, cool. this, you guys are some of the first to get to try this. Um, it's a, a cherry liqueur with a little hint of uh, lemon. Um, but it, it's nice on its own over ice, or you can use it on a topper for a margarita. Um, but it's just really good kind a of topper sipper. for a margarita. Now he's talking my language. Yeah, well, that, margaritas are her love language. Um, it's it's not normally what people think of. They think distillery, and they think you know uh, the, the the heavy hard spirits. Uh, why, why play in those worlds? I mean, is is there a market uh, for for cherry liqueur, ch- cherry Swiss coming back? And and I don't and I don't know it. Uh, it's a combination of things. Uh, we're always experimenting and trying to drive innovation with you know these kind of products. The other side is uh, it's something that we can utilize in our tasting room uh, in some of our cocktails. Um, so again, it's more of the innovation side that we just we want to stay fresh and keep pushing the boundaries on uh, what what people do think of as a craft distillery. And so I, I I've got your gin right here uh, oh. now. Uh, have, have, wait, are you okay with the, with? Are you okay with the cherry? The two fingers. You, you having a problem? What proof is this? Uh, I believe that's seventy, but it could. You could get Tony. You could get in a lot of trouble <laughs> with this. I mean, this this tastes like a, it tastes like a cherry pie. It it's, is so good. Wait, it is insanely let me, let me, good. You have try to try it. And you could. I could drink four of those, no problem. Well, be careful. I could drink a hundred of them. One's not enough. Oh, too many. So. Oh, you know what you could do with this? Snow cone. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. snow cone. The, oh, that's it, good, the man. cherry flavor is absolutely I, perfect. I'm not one to, to have sweet drinks normally, but uh, you could Well, it's serious, not that sweet No, I, it just it tastes like a des- it, it's a dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank are, you guys. Are you are you are you right there, April? You having a moment? You having a- <laughs> All right, all right, you just you just be you. I'm going to do the I'm gin. This I'm I'm going to do the gin. <laughs> but there's no label on it. Uh This is this does not smell good. So it's. Uh, I, I don't know how else to say that to you, no. owner of Hotel Tango. Yeah, there's, there's, feel a little less honest. Um, well, no. no, but you said you weren't a. Uh, you, you don't know if you're a gin guy. So I don't know if I'm a gin guy. I don't know. So, may, so maybe I should be used to this. Well, gin, I think, is kind of a very uh, niche. Uh, product within spirits a lot of folks have either a, a bad experience or they are just afraid to even approach it because of the smell what is the what is the foundation of gin uh juniper so okay it has to be predominantly christmas trees yes that's what it smells like right um that's what it tastes like also. so ours is going to be a little bit more citrus forward than juniper forward now juniper is still the predominant botanical in the gin but we use a lot more lemon zest orange zest uh up front that you'll see, and it's much more light and delicate as opposed to you know a London Dry or a Genevieve or okay, London Dry. Uh, I mean Tanqueray. That's that's how people. Well, for, forgive me too. I, I'm not a big gin guy either. But when I've had gin in the past, it's usually part of a mix. You know, it's gin and tonic. Uh, it, so should, should I be mixing straight this or gin? Should I just do it straight. Do like, people like usually man. drink straight gin? I don't know. I'm not a gin drinker. Uh, I mean, uh, traditionally it would be mixed with something, mm-hmm. um, but if it's just like anything else, I think that on ice, if it's a, a great spirit, you should be able to. It should be a pleasant right, so experience. So I'm I'm going for it right here. This is if you if you want to watch my reaction, uh, head over to the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Tony Katz Radio, and you can see the video. You're gonna shoot a video of this of Tony Katz uh, drinking uh, gin. Um, well, oh my God, it does smell like a Christmas tree. Now you know, mm-hmm. growing up Jewish, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, let me <laughs> let me uh, let me. Uh, by the, well, 
<laughs> I'm a little afraid. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, little, I'm a little scared, fingers. Here, hold on me. They give you fluid in the bicep. Oh, that tastes much better than it smells. Yeah. It's not as... That tastes far... Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Yeah. There you go. Son of a bitch. I'm a gin guy. Yeah. Look at you. Who knew? Okay, I'm going to try it. Who knew? That, oh, because the sn- smell will, 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 will knock a buzzard off a you-know-what wagon. Um, but you're going to do this, April? You, you just took my glass. You, I you took am, my... I'm, because you said it was good. It's, I it am is not good. a gin person. I, ha- oh, I had totally the good. horrible... Well, Travis goes for a second glass of cherry. Right? Yeah. I had the horrible experience with gin as a 14-year-old. Something. <laughs> and it was Tangeray, and it tasted like Christmas trees, and I've never had it since then. All right. So, so here. Do, so do, here we go. Let's see what happens. Travis, if she boots, she's booting on you, man. The bucket's right in front of her. Take the risk. Oh. See? Oh, that's not yeah, bad yeah, yeah. It, I'm it ends very smooth. All right. All right. Okay, All right. wait. Wow. This, this is that... the first time, uh, Travis, the three of us have shared a glass together. Well, so. Guys, again, it's, it's so romantic. Intentionally made it much more uh, a lighter gin, a more delicate gin, but well-balanced because we, wanted to, we didn't cool. want to overpower people with that Christmas tree. Yeah, but the, the, the smell you are. Hold on, fingers, you all right? I have to warn you, don't use this glass again. I have scurvy. Oh. Uh, well. <laughs> Drink some more of the cherry. It's got vitamin C. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Those days on your pirate ship. Right. There he goes. Oh, fingers, you all right? All right. It's not what I expected. It, not at all. It, it, is, it is a lot better than I expected. It is, expected. Far, it I is mean, remarkably I smooth, could, and there is nothing harsh to it. The, the, the smell will, will it does. It, it does put you off. A, a, a touch. If I were going to have a, a martini, normally I'd have a vodka teeny. Mm-hmm. I would totally do a martini. Is it a martini traditionally, Jen? Uh, depends where you're from. Um, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. And well, some of those people are just terrible. Let's not talk about those people. Absolutely. Let's talk about you, uh, Travis. Travis Barnes, uh, the owner of Hotel Tango Artisan Distillery, Hotel Tango Whiskey uh, dot com. Uh, part of, and I've, I've known about you guys for, for a couple years now, uh, both of us in Indianapolis, me hosting the radio shows, and you, of course, with a, a beautiful, beautiful facility down there off Virginia, mm-hmm. Virginia Avenue, uh, yeah. here in, in Indianapolis. And the story from the beginning was uh, veteran-owned. And it was, for a lot of people, a very, very big deal and very cool and, and fascinating. Um, talk to me about how this all came about and how the how the veteran-owned part plays into it, because sometimes you hear stories about, oh, it's for the veterans, but you never know how that works, how that works and how that plays. Tell me about you, where you served, how you got, how you got into this. Wow. Uh, well, well, I mean, listen, uh, you, you said, hey, Tony, I want you to bring the podcast here, and I said, all right, but you're going to have yeah. to talk. Yeah, uh, so I'm from, I was born in Michigan, but moved down to uh, Indiana pretty Early on, and is that um, because the Lions are the worst team in football? Hey, hey, nothing oh, wait to do a with minute. that. <laughs> They're my favorite thing to do on Thanksgiving is to watch the Lions lose. Oh, so good on you, good on you. It's good to have traditions. So uh, I grew up in Northeast Indiana, country boy. Uh, uh, graduated high school in two thousand one. Uh, went off to college uh, with one of my you know few of my good buddies, and first semester nine eleven happened, and. Uh, I, I felt the calling, and uh, within a couple months, I dropped out of uh, college, enlisted in the Marine Was anybody Corps. in your family in the military? Was, was anything like that? Mm-hmm. Or did you, had you ever thought about it before September 11th? Yeah, I've you know, thought about it like 
thinking about being an astronaut. Okay. <laughs> like kind of a pipe dream, but never really uh, not following in my dad's footsteps or anything like that. Um, it was much more uh, the calling, I feel like. It was just it felt like I don't know what I'm doing in college anyway, and this might give me some time to figure it out. And uh, was, it, it, was it about anger or was it about I can do something? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I ever felt anger. I think it was much more about, uh, you know, duty and, um, there, you know, I, guys that I've talked to from World War II said that, you know, that feeling from Pearl Harbor or it was just a overwhelming sense of I got to do something and I can be more valuable. So you joined what, what branch? Uh, the Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps. So you joined the Marine Corps. You go through basic. You live that good holy hell, mm-hmm. which is basic. What happens next? I uh, went to infantry training school. I uh, was selected for recon there, and I went to first recon. Uh, September 11th, uh, 2012 was my the day I showed up with orders. Uh, I didn't have time to go through school. They threw me into a team in the platoon. Uh, we went over, did the first invasion of Iraq in 2003, came back. Went to schools. So it was 2002. I think you said 2012. It was 2002 when you first went. So it was a year later mm-hmm. that, you, that you went. 2003, you're part of that Initial of that push force. into Iraq. And then um, went back. I was there in 2003, 4, 5, and 6. Wow. So I got to see Fallujah 1 and 2. And then uh, third tour, we bounced around from Fallujah, Ramadi, TQ, kind of all over. When... Uh, so the time comes when, when your time in the, in, the, in the Corps is done. You decide uh, to retire. They didn't try to, 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 to keep you because we hear these stories. They extend service and, and things like that. Did, you, did that happen to you? Yeah, I, I extended out for about six months to, to finish up my tour uh, with, with my third platoon, my guys, and um, got, brought everybody back home, and I was out of the Marine Corps within 30 days. Back really? home in Indiana. So okay. I went from so- Fallujah to... Albion, Indiana, within about 35 days. Uh, the difference, of course, being the weather. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so there you are. You, you, you have this um, almost surreal experience, uh, one that I can't begin to comprehend in, in, in the military. You come back home, and very often we hear the stories uh, people come home from the military and n- not necessarily a conversation of adjustment period, but okay, what do I do now? Where are the jobs? Where are the opportunities? I have these skill sets. Where can I apply them? Uh, and there's sometimes a, a, a gap, a gulf, a, 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 a kind of distance between those two things. Did you experience that yourself? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you get re, uh, rewired. You see the world through a different set of lenses after coming back from something like that. And I was blessed to, I moved back into the house next to my parents that I grew up in. Um, and they were wonderful about uh, watching me and helping me readjust and keeping me moving forward and not stagnating. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think that was a big, big help. You think without that, it would have been, it would have been far tougher or, or not possible? I, yeah, I don't know if I'd be here without that support system. I think that's easy to say. So you, you've got that. You're able to be like, all right, all right, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to be able to figure this out. And then you say to yourself, you know what I need to do? I need to get people wicked drunk. I need to get America loaded off their face. Why this? How this? How does, how does 
becoming, not being like, hey, I'm going to open a bar, right? You're like, no, no, no. I want to make the things that the bar serves. I want to go into the art business because distilling is art. Part of the reason I love cigars as much as I do is that it's, I love the art of what a cigar is about and how that's made and how it's grown. These are farmers and this is third world nations. And then how that plays out into a roller's vision of, of how to make these combinations. And then it goes to these shops across, for example, the United States, which are always mom and pop shops. There aren't large chains of shops. It's not the way uh, it works. They're mom and pop shops. They're your your neighbors. They're the people around you and they hire the people around you. And it's, it's fantastic. You say, you know what, I'm, I, I want to go, I, I want to start creating. How, where did that come from in you? Well, to be honest, uh, Tony, my, my dad's a stonemason. My grandpa was a stonemason. My great-grandpa was a carpenter, woodworker that made uh, bow and arrows. So you've and, got the art thing in you. Yeah, there, I definitely think that I've got something that I, I like to work with my hands. Um, I, I, I also, to, to be fair, I was down here, I, I moved down to Indy for law school where I met my wife. And uh, the law was changing in Indiana for the first time since Prohibition to open all this up. So it was kind of serendipity that I, I was going through law school and I, I really wasn't finding my way to make a mark on, on that side of right. it. Um, that I kind of figured about halfway through that, you know, maybe I should use my law degree but not practice law. And so not- you, are, you have a law degree. You are a, an actual lawyer. Yeah. Like a legit lawyer. Well, I graduated law school. Okay. All right. But you're not one of those terrible people. Basically, is where you just made the line. <laughs> well, <laughs> Almost w- spit out a sherry liqueur right there. Well, I got to be careful because my wife's an attorney. I have several family members that are, that are uh, lawyers. and um, No, no. We can make fun of them, too. It's fine. There are no people. rules here. They're wonderful people. But, yeah, it can be contentious around the dinner table sometimes to well, get to a final solution. Or yeah, you're not the only person. That's what you need, that's what you need the, uh, the, the bourbon for. That's why you say, hey, I know how to make the dinner table better. Uh, it absolutely helps. That's just like congressmen. It's, it's like, oh, all lawyers are terrible, except my lawyer. Right. My lawyer is great. This, and usually they're the lawyer. This cherry is coming with me to every family get-together Look ever. Look at you. Is that, is that glass number two or three for you? It's a baker's dozen. Uh, listen, 14. April. We, glass we, 14. We just, we just want to know. We just I'm just, know. I'm Ubering somewhere from here. I'm not even. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. So, so you uh, now have this, 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 this epiphany. Like, God, do, push the mic a little closer to our man here. I don't want to do that my whole life. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. So, so talk to me about how this came about. Because, I mean, you, you take a look at the bottles. Here, here's what it says. And I didn't ask this question. Proud to be the first disabled combat veteran-owned distillery in the United States. Disabled combat? Yeah, traumatic brain injury, PTSD. Um, you know, we were hit by about over You the see, f- you buried the lead, Travis. When did this happen? Uh, over the course of three tours, I was hit with uh, multiple IEDs and um, banged up. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, I think, part of who I am um, and part of the story of how I got here in the first place and how this has gone from starting to, with, you know, making something with my hands to then the, the, the actual product, the, the actual bourbon, the actual spirits, to uh, moving onto the, the business side and not even realizing that that was kind of the path that it, we were going down. And right. it went from the handcrafted product to this handcrafted business almost and experience and now driving culture and driving uh, educating folks and... It's been an unbelievable journey um, going from this I- an idea to a, a business. 
So now you've got uh, the business. The business is up. It's thriving. It's, it's Hotel Tango. The website is hoteltangowhiskey.com. How many people do you employ? Uh, 35-ish. Wow. How many of them are, are veterans or have served one way or another, contributed, et cetera? I think on staff right now we've got five, and that's everyone from our chief experience officer down to, to bartenders and barbacks. And we've had several that have worked for us and then moved on to either back to school or transition on to other, other jobs. If we can be a lily pad for those folks, you know, anything we can do to help. Uh, the, what you sell. Um, is, is, is that, and, and, and where you sell it? Cause one of the things you were telling me is, is that you sell in, in PXs, you sell on bases, uh, across the globe. And it, that's, is that, was that more important to you than being maybe distributed in all 50 States? Uh, it was definitely a, a strategic decision to start pursuing the military branches early on. I think that we had a, a you know, a connection with uh, active duty service members. Um, I remember as a young Lance Corporal that I enjoyed on a Friday afternoon to go get a case of beer and some bourbon and go down to the beach with the guys and hang out. Right. Okay. So April was there. Wait, what, what are you doing, April? You're just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's literally what you just said. Oh, you heard about yeah. that. Oh, okay. Well, it's a thing they do. Right. On Friday at five. Okay, you're Marines not Marines do drink. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. I've heard, heard they drink. Well, Listen, I, I'm monitoring what's going on in Tony Katz's uh, uh, Facebook page right now. We're, we're live on Facebook Live, and people are saying, you know, thank you for your service. We, we uh, appreciate everything you do, and I think we all echo that. Uh, thank you for your service, and thank you for your liquor. I, 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 m- m- mostly for the liquor. I got to admit. I got to admit, because uh, April's on, uh, uh, on glass number, so cherry good. glass number, I don't know oh what it is. God. I'm doing more gin. Hold on. I can't even believe the gin is good. I, you yeah. Know, is I can't even believe you haven't realized you're not talking into a microphone for the past five minutes. <laughs> I feel like that is, that is talk, unbelievable. I'm trying to talk loud, so I'm not like all up in his... I, we, business you, you make the podcast complete April. i need to get you guys down to the tasting room to see how this thing is showcased in some of our cocktails we're gonna do that we're, we're gonna, gonna come uber visit. there in like 10 minutes that's yeah. perfect that, that right there is travis barnes uh he is the brains behind uh hotel tango by the way why the name hotel tango so when we were first getting this going uh it was on our, our my honeymoon with my wife and we had kind of really started talking about doing this as a full-time business and, and trying to get it up off the ground and kicking around names. Uh, we're both pilots, and we've kind of used the phonetic alphabet as code, kind of our, you know, cutesy right. couple talk for stuff. And uh, it just seemed to be a natural fit, a perfect fit that my wife's name's Hillary and my name's Travis, so Hotel Tango, and then W is whiskey in the mm-hmm. alphabet, so... Uh, it just seemed to kind of roll off the tongue, and that was one of those things. It was, uh, it wasn't really a planned out thing. It was just made sense. All right, we don't mind things that make sense. Uh, hang the right there. Too. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, what'd you say? He's a pilot. Man does everything. I'm the. Jeez. You know uh, what else did he do? Your brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I do. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Hey, that's a different podcast. That's a different uh, podcast. Wait, is, is this a single brother? It certainly is. Certainly is. This just got amazing. Look at her this giggle like got, a little schoolgirl. Look at this. She is. She is as red as the cherry liqueur. <laughs> that got, is. Which is amazing. 
Wait, wait, I've heard. I've she, heard. She's got it's an apple amazing. cheek. It's um, amazing. Uh, Travis, I, I appreciate you. Hang right there. Swing that microphone over. I want to talk Steve Harvey just for a minute because that Steve Harvey has said no to the Oscars is all the proof that you need that nobody wants to host the Oscars. The Oscars is screwed. So this all comes from Kevin Hart. Well, they well originally, I don't think they even knew who they wanted to host uh, this thing. And then they had Kevin Hart, the, the comic. He's going to host the Oscars. And then somebody dug up a tweet that he had from like nine years ago where he said something, you know, that wasn't so nice about gay people. And they wanted him to apologize for it. And he said, I'm not apologizing. I'm just not going to host. All right. Listen, I'm, uh, that was a long time ago. I'm done. I'm not going to host. Goodbye. And then the Oscars. F said, you. Whoa, whoa. I'm out. Well, basically, basically <laughs> is what he said. And then the Oscars said, whoa, wait, wait, wait no, no, no. You're, you're supposed to want to host the Oscars and do what we tell you. You're not supposed to leave. No, no. You can't just walk away. You have to come. Don't leave. Don't leave us. And then basically what happened to the Oscars? So now they're scrambling for a host. Now they're looking everywhere, high and low for a host. And they came to Steve Harvey because the Oscars doesn't care whether or not they announce the right winner. That doesn't matter to them at all. They just need a host. And Steve Harvey's like, nope. And the quote is, I don't want them digging up my past. Ball game. Ball game. The Oscars will not have a host this year. Un- <laughs> unless they go to someone from Saturday Night Live who's just like, honestly, they might as well just go to Michelle Wolf. It might just be Reese Witherspoon or something. But, but no, but I mean, the point is, is that to, the idea of being the Oscars host in American lore is a big deal. It was a huge platform. Oh, it used Anymore? to be. Anymore? Anymore is the question. And the answer is no, because they've gotten too political. Uh, they've made politics more important than the actual art, if you will. And then they want to hurt anybody who even tries. They want to hurt these people. I've seen a couple of comedians already come out supporting Kevin Hart. Uh, Jerry Good. Seinfeld, Seinfeld came out yeah, you know, this one. week. Yeah, uh, I think Steve Harvey is a bad sample size because of what, obviously, you, you brought it up earlier. Uh, what happened to him? What was it a Miss America or Miss USA? I get the two mixed up because really to me all of you American you got the winners mixed up so don't worry you're fine all of you American women out there uh, it was America. Miss Universe oh Miss Universe oh okay uh, which is a big thing apparently it's a big oh the universe the is universe giant. is big yeah, huge that's what I hear but the ratings for the Oscars have been down for years and it, it, it to me it's it's a no win for 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 the Oscars if you if it's you host no it for the host yeah the host if if you do a good job that's great but most people are waiting for you to fail apparently uh, Billy Crystal set uh, the bar really high I mean David Letterman did it a couple decades ago and and people still talk about how his Oscars was terrible Oprah Uma <laughs> Uma Oprah that's basically what you remember right. from David Letterman but I brought the up the, the name that needs to come up and I think America needs to draft one person to host the Oscars. Polly Shore. Stop it. Polly Shore. They're going to they're going to get there. No, I think they're going to go hostless. Uh, for the Oscars, how does that even happen? Uh, they just somebody you know, on a microphone <laughs> yeah, hey. backstage is going to be saying. <laughs> and now, welcome to the Oscars, and here to present our first uh, award for best supporting actor in a feature film. Why does that have to be a man? Oh, see, yeah, Tony. Why does Wait, that? Why does that have to be a man? Oh, I think I have some guy? Yeah. Why See? won't it be some and this woman? This is why no one, no one wants it. This scene. is why no one wants it. Because people like you, with their social justice and their charity <laughs> core, are ruining it for the, for, for the rest of the people. But that's how they're going to do it. But yes, of course it used to be a big deal. Of course hosting the Oscars mattered. It was a big deal, yeah. And and it doesn't. And the part that matters most is that nobody wants things dug up. The problem with that is that when you extrapolate it out 
and you start taking a look at how many other things in, in terms of uh, worlds that you don't want dug up, never mind Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, and Tonys. How about political office? You no longer get the best people. People who maybe lived a life and made a mistake and did something and, and, and all that jazz. No. Like creepy no. porn lawyer. There you go, right there. He's not running for president now. Michael Avenatti, you get the best people are dropping out of the race. I, please. Because. <laughs> why do you have to be so... Why do you even have to pretend to be that way? But nobody's going to want this because nobody wants the attack. Nobody wants this life. And so the, the bigger conversation here is ramifications culturally because it's going to play out in a whole host of places. That's how it's going to play out. And I'm telling you right now, if you have kids and you let your kids on social media, you're, I, I, you, I, you're out of your skull. You're out of, let me just take a look at Fingers Malloy right now. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Out of your mind. Nothing. No Facebook. No Twitter. By the way, follow me uh, at Tony Katz on Twitter. Uh, no, no Instagram. Zero. Zero. Because they're going to get destroyed. Their lives are over. We're already screwed, right? We, we invented it. We've played yeah, it. But We've said some things. We didn't. Where it's over. Yeah, but not when we were in our 20s and, and making stupid decisions. We didn't have. Oh, no. In our 30s and making stupid decisions. Don't, no. Like I've gone back over my, my, my path. I got one or two they things, just, man. I, I'm not. I, I deleted those things from my 20s they, before they were even that They bad. just tried to destroy a, a Heisman Trophy winner's life based on a Holy tweet. Holy crap. I didn't even. Get, Kyler. Literally. Kyler, what's Kyler I forget Thompson, his, I think. Kyler something. I forget his last name. Seven so years he's ago. Oklahoma, uh, the quarterback for Oklahoma. He wins the Heisman. And I think people were expecting the Alabama dude uh, to win uh, the, the Heisman. He wins the Heisman. And USA Today, within like six hours, is writing articles exposing tweets this guy wrote uh, six years prior that were uh, anti-gay. He's, 14, he's 21. Kyler six Murray. Years ago, Kyler Murray. Six years ago, he was 50. 15 years old, and here's USA Today saying, oh, look at this tweet. We, we want to be a society that destroys people. I want to, honestly, and a, a friend of ours, gay patriot, Bruce uh, Carroll, at one point mentioned doing something like this. When something like that happens, I wish we had a group, uh, someone who's funded, that would go into that reporter's life, and let's see what his tweets were like <laughs> yeah. eight, ten years ago. I'm, I'm sick and tired of to try to destroy this poor kid's life. Biggest night of it his life. It was within but, within minutes they were doing this. So you know they had, you oh, know they had, the they had oppoed every single candidate to find dirt on every single candidate. When so you have oppo did, research on a Heisman Trophy winner, you you suck as a person. But I mean, you just don't have you know uh, a presidential candidates like uh, high college transcripts. You can't find those. You can't find um, a connection with Russia, but you can find. Wow, you just made a holy you political can find right there. A, I was trying not to because you, you, too late, <laughs> too late. Yeah, was an Obama reference. It's a cherry. There was a there was there was a Russia reference. We were talking about Trump's tax returns. What else you got? Well, can we find something besides a fifteen-year-old's tweet? It's it's awful, and it is awful, and how these things play out culturally. I was happy to see, though, on, on the Kyler Murray conversation, there was backlash. Yeah. Right? There were people who were like, this is disgusting. And it was from both sides of the aisle. I got Republicans and Democrats to agree on something. You know, uh, let, let's, let's a, a, little, a little golf clap, something. Um, but it is. And so, no, no one's going to host the Oscars, and no one's going to want to host the Oscars. And then there are going to be award shows that bring on people who host who've said awful, awful, terrible things, but it won't be about someone who's gay. It'll be about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And then that post will be like, oh, that's totally fine. Right? So, so then you get into that whole double standarding insanity. But we'll save that for another day. Now, uh, winners. 
So we here at Eat, Drink, Smoke appreciate everybody who has subscribed on iTunes and given the, the five-star uh, review and, and done all the things. And so what we said is that if you, if you were a, a somebody who, who filled it out before November 30th, uh, we, we're going to pick a winner and we're going to send you some of our, our favorite things. Now, we have not yet been able to determine whether or not we, and I'm going to ask Travis here because he might know, Travis, uh, the owner of Hotel Tango Whiskey. Um, if we want to send somebody a gift of bourbon, can we send them an actual bottle of bourbon? Is that allowed, uh, according to you, being a, a not only a distiller, but a legal expert? Can we ship it in the mail? Can we, can, we, can we send a gift to somebody of, let's say, that bottle of Hotel Tango Whiskey, half used? Can we we do that? We can absolutely get a bottle to somebody. Ah, so in that case, it will be a a, a bottle or two of of our favorites. And then um, uh, April, uh, Fingers and I each have a favorite uh, cigar uh, that we will be uh, picking out. And you'll be getting two of each of those as well. So I've already got that uh, together. That's a very extensive gift. I'm a a giver. I hope you like black and milds. Wow. That's 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 sweet. Not, that's, that's, that's not going to be it. So, 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 April, I ask you, who has won? Because people have been clamoring, chomping at the, the metaphorical bit to find out who the winner. Metaphorical bit. I, I saw, saw a metaphorical bit open for L7 back in 97. You never miss a beat. This is why we keep you around. Who won? Thank you. April? Okay, so I, I scrolled. I did the random. Right, right. You have eyes a closed. I have a system. Scott Deal. Scott who? Scott Deal. Scott, I don't know who Scott Deal is. F1 Prancing Horse. On the Twitter box, he wins? Yes. He is the winner. He's the winner. So he's getting uh, some bourbon and, and some of our favorite bourbon and, and, uh, and, and, and the cigars. So that's what's happening. So Scott Deal, congratulations uh, to you. By the way, I am not in charge of picking any winners. I never, ever do that. That's all. At me. April uh, D. Gregory right there. Uh, listen, Travis, man, thank you. I, I appreciate thank it. Where do we find uh, the, the Hotel Tango people on the Twitter box? What was it Hotel Tango Indy? Hotel uh, Tango Indy is where you find them. Be sure to follow them and pay them a visit here in Indianapolis. Find out where they're being sold uh, near you at, uh, at the website, which is hoteltangowhiskey.com, uh, uh, and then go to click on spirits. Just click on uh, spirits right there, and you can find I'm actually on it right now. The products, the wholesalers, the military bases, everything that they've got uh, going on. And if, if you want to know about a review of the lemon cello and the orange cello, you got to make sure you check out the snack size edition of Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, which, which will be up there when you subscribe on iTunes and give the five-star review and, and everything and everything else that comes with that, the review, and, and, you, and then you write a review, and then you put the five stars, you do uh, the whole thing. Travis, man, thank you. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate uh, you being with us. That's April D. Gregory on Twitter, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fingers Malloy Radio. Find me, of course, uh, on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, on Twitter, Tony Katz, Instagram, Tony Katz, and Tony Katz dot com and oh yeah yeah we entered syndication uh so the midday show is now uh syndicated we'll talk about that another time we'll get into it eat drink smoke catch you later